Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Hey, y'all ready for a word? I'm ready to preach one. Um, If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke. Also, before I get too far into this, I know they already said it, but next week is the third anniversary of Cool Church. It's all, man. We got out of those terrible twos that weren't so terrible, man. God did did more in our second year than he ever has. How many of you believe, though, that the best is still yet to come? Two brought us here. Who knows where three will take us next? I got, listen, here's why you want to show up next week. It's the birthday, so we're going to turn up. We're going to have some extra special stuff for the kids. We're going we're gonna to turn up. We're going to have a massive party after in the courtyard. It's going to be crazy. You want to be here for it. Trying to get a little extra, little gift for everybody that shows up. We're trying to really make everything nice for you. Um, I got a bunch of other surprises I don't really want to talk about, but I have an announcement to make next week. It's so special, the team don't even know. I usually tell team first. I said, no, nah, I want to surprise y'all too. So next week come, because you have no idea what I'm going to say next. I promise you, though, it's going to be for the benefit of the house. Amen? So if you want to find out, you should be like asking people all week, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? I promise you it's going to be something that is to the benefit of this house. You excited? You want to know what it is? Want me to tell you now? No, come next week. Okay. (laughs) I'm excited. We celebrating three. Um, Today, we finished 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many of y'all were on on the journey with us from the beginning? Just raise your hand. I want people to, wow. We had had 275 to 300 people on prayer calls every day for 21 days. How many of you you glad you did 21 days of prayer and fasting because you were a little slimmer than you was before you started? I could fit in the stuff that I could. Man, I wore these pants today because I was like, oh, I couldn't fit into these on January 1st. So I feel good about that. Uh, man, I'm so thankful for everybody that did that. I, I promise you, um, that 21 days is just a kickstart. A kickstart to all the blessing that God is going to have come your way in 2022. Amen? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added under you. Keep on putting God first, and you watch. This will be the greatest year of your life. Amen? So thank y'all for being on that journey uh, with me. And um, I just pray that you are learning how to dig into your word. Once again, get on that cool church app. It's the way to read your uh, Bible in the entire year. I've been telling all the people, it's like when you go on the app, you don't even have to read the four chapters of data that it tells you to read. You can just press play and let the audio play in the background. And you'd at least have listened to the entire Bible in a year. Amen. Easy way to do it. Who has a Bible with you? Hold it up. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, praise God. People stop wanting to get clowned for phones, so they bring in their Bibles. I'm just kidding. Who has a phone? Hold it. It's okay. Hold it up. Hold it up strong. Don't be ashamed. Still can't cast out demons, but at least you got the app. Praise God. If you're online, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we, we are uh, in the book of Luke. This is a series called All In. That is the theme for 22. How many of y'all all in this year? Man, I really honestly don't have to preach. I think what Pastor Joe came up here and ministered to you was more than enough. If you ain't get something from that, check your pulse. Because, yeah, the Spirit of the Lord is already in this place. Amen? Turn to Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Luke chapter 9, verse 51, 57 through, uh, through 62. We've read the same verses for the last, this is now the fourth week in a row, but we've broken down different parts of the verse uh, each week. So I'm going to read it, Luke 9, starting at verse 51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. It's a good place to say amen. Verse 57. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, as Jesus was walking on his way to to go to the cross that he knew would ultimately come, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place 
to rest his head. Verse 59, said to another man, follow me. He called this man out. He didn't do this to the other two men. Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first, let me go bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. It's not a fun place to say amen, but you should say amen. Verse 61. Still another. This is what we're going to lean into today. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Wow. Verse 62. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. That's a good place to say amen. I know it don't sound like it, but I promise you it is. Today, if you're taking notes on this fourth part of All In, I've entitled it this, To the End. To the End. To the End. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you. That before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that was going to be here today. God, I pray that I will lie down as you rise up. Don't let these words be moment. but let them come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears will be open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. God, I pray that this will, all, this will be the greatest year of all of our lives because we're all into you. God, I thank you. Thank you in advance for the one that needs to hear this message the most. That somebody before the time is said and done today is going to find new life in Jesus. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, everyone said, amen. Everybody take about five seconds. And don't give me no lame praise. I need you to give Jesus Christ the rowdiest, the loudest, the craziest praise in his house. Because he's worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the honor. He's worthy of all praise. Give it up for Jesus. I just want y'all to follow me wherever I go. Now, now, Matt, you need a little button on your computer that, that says, meh, 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 like that. That takes it to the next level. Y'all think, can we give it up for the band one time, man? Wow, y'all are anointed, man. Love y'all. I'll be calling y'all back up later. Whew, that was a worship set today, wasn't it? Jesus. All in. I know I've sounded very repetitive for these last few weeks, but it's purposeful because I don't want you to forget. All in. It's the theme for 2022 at Cool Church. I don't want to do anything halfway anymore, man. If I can be honest, like I'm getting way too old to be playing games in life. I saw my 40th year last year. This year will be my 41st. I don't have time to be passive about how I live my life must be all in with what I decide to do. If I'm gonna do something, I wanna do it with all my heart. I can't do everything, but what I choose to do, I choose to be all in. And I love this because we read this verse in Luke 9, 51 that says, as the time for him to, as, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. How many of you would be all into something that you knew would be the end of you? He was all into it. Even though he knew what the result was going to be. And every time I read that, it's like astonishing to me. I don't know if I would be fully committed to something that I knew would kill me. This is Jesus. This is why he's the son of God. He was not just all in. He was committed to the end. A lot of us will commit to something in the beginning, but we won't commit to something in the end. Jesus was committed to the end. I love my baby girl, Vava. She's just growing up before my eyes. And I'm going to be honest, it's really like hard for me to handle. 
I remember when she was like a little pipsqueak, man. Like when she first got here, she was like, yay, hi, and I could like hold her up in my arms and she barely spoke. She didn't speak any English, actually, when she first got here from the beautiful island nation of Haiti, where my Haitians at. Yup. Some of the most beautiful people in the world with hands down some of the greatest food on the planet. I will take sospoir any day. Okay, sorry. Bon ampeze, sorry. I like, like, I don't even need to preach. I just start listening out foods. People are like, yes, Lord. <laughs> I remember when she was like little, man. And now she's like growing up before my eyes. Like she's a whole middle schooler now. Like, and like, I can see like that little preteen angst starting to come in. Parents, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Man, like they think they know everything. She's growing up, man. She's, she's beautiful. Um, I, I'm like, ah, it's, it's to that point now where it's like, like convers certain conversations are like kind of awkward between me and her. Cause it's like, it's like a girl thing, you know? It's a conversation that dad is not really equipped to handle. Thank God for mom. It's like, dad, yeah, um, I'm having like one of those days. I'm like, okay, all right, go talk to your mama. Can't deal with that. And uh, it's beautiful because I, I see her coming into her own. I see her becoming her own person, right? She's developing to a beautiful, intelligent, creative little human being. And now that she's in middle school, she's a cheerleader. I'm a cheer dad. I don't care. I, I'll be the loudest at the games. People think I come to the game and I'll be cheering for the game. When the cheerleaders come on stage, I'll be like, yes, woo! I'm like filming it. She's embarrassed. She's like, dad, stop. My kid though, when she, when she got into cheerleading, I told her, I said, this is something you really wanna do. She said, yes, dad, please, oh man. I, I really, really wanna be a cheerleader. I was like, cool. Two things you gotta promise me and your mama and you can be a cheerleader. The first is, the day I see your grade slip, you will no longer be a cheerleader. One. Secondly, if you're gonna do this, you gotta at least commit to it for this school year. Cause you're not gonna start something that you don't finish. One of our core values, and I hope as a family in your own personal life, you have core values and you have family values. The last value on the Wilson family value board is perseverance. It means we never give up. No matter what, no matter how hard something gets, no matter how tired we get, we never ever give up. And I said, Vava, if you wanna be a cheerleader, you gotta have what? She's like, perseverance, dad. I'm like, what does that mean? It means you never give up. I said, so as long as your grades are fine, and as long as you commit to at least this school year, you can do it, she's cool. She's been crushing it. Best grade she's ever gotten in her life on the honor roll, I'm excited. But then the other day, she came up to me and was like, dad, um, there's like a dance uh, team as well. Um, like, Dad, like, can I, like, I'm like, who talks like this? Like, 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 Dad, can I be on, like, the dance team? I was like, you know what, baby girl? I'm not mad at you trying new things. You want to try a new thing? You want to be on the dance team? That sounds like a good supplement to cheerleading. It'll help you with your cheerleading. But, baby girl, if you want to be on the dance team, you got to make sure that your grades do not slip. And you got to make sure that you do not break your commitment with the cheerleading team. Don't be like, oh, dance is more fun than cheerleading. I'm done with cheerleading. Remember, you have to commit to the end. And it brings me to what I want to talk about today. If you start something, you need to finish it. Because commitment matters. Why? We need to be committed to God to the end because from the beginning, he's always been committed to us. I want somebody to hear what the words of Philippians 1.6 say. It says, I am certain that God, listen to this, who began a good work within you will finish it, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day that Christ is returned. What is that verse saying? God started something in all of us that he fully intend to finish with Jesus. The start of your life 
is only the beginning. Your life is not really even up to its full potential unless it is finished with Jesus. We all may start without him, but the goal of our God is for us to end with him. God started something in all of us with Jesus that he fully intended to finish. We serve a committed God. And truth be told, to be all in, you got to be committed to the end. Committed to the end. Two things I want to tell you and we'll get out of here. I promise you it won't take long. Commitment protects you from distraction. Commitment protects you from distraction. Look at Luke 9, 61 through 62. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, if you were here for all the weeks of this sermon series, All In, you'll remember that in the second week, I talked about the first man. He says, Jesus, I will follow you. Jesus looks at him and says, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to rest his head. You see, this man was fast to follow Jesus without fully knowing what it would cost him. You see, while some are too slow to follow Jesus, others are entirely too fast. Some of us need to count the cost before we say we're going to follow till the end. Amen. But then the second man that we talked about last week, he was just standing there minding his own business. He did not come out and say, Jesus, I will follow you. Jesus pointed directly to him and said, follow me. Follow me, Charlene. He was chosen. He was chosen literally by God. Jesus is walking, talking, living, breathing God in the flesh. Jesus looked at him and said, follow me. This man said, I would follow you, Lord, but I got to go and bury my father. Jesus says, let the dead go bury the dead. Was this cruel? No, Jesus is God. Don't you think Jesus knew his father's fate? Don't you think Jesus knew how long it would take for this man's father to perish? The man didn't know. The only thing that was certain for that man was that his father was die, would die. He didn't know how long it would take to happen. It could have been a day, could have been a week, could have been a month, could have been a year, could have been five years. There's so many people that get diagnosed with something terminal and they still end up living for years. Amen? This is something that we have seen and something that we know. So when Jesus points to him. He is chosen by God to follow him. And the man says, first, let me go bury my father. This man is literally choosing certain death over life. Why? He could not prioritize Jesus because he did not trust him. It is hard to prioritize something you do not trust. And as believers, we got to get our priorities straight. Amen. While some are too fast to follow Jesus, this man was entirely too slow. But the third man that we read about in the story today. This man was ready to follow Jesus, but he couldn't do it without first saying goodbye to his family. You say, well, what's the problem with that? That seems like innocent, like, hey, let me say bye and then I'm out. It may have only taken a moment to say goodbye to his family, but how many of you know, it also only takes a moment to get distracted. This man was going to certainly follow Jesus. There was no doubt in this man's mind what he wanted to do. But first, he had to go say goodbye to his family. Only takes a mo one simple moment. Jesus says, anybody who puts his hand on the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying, don't let anything distract you from me because it only takes a small moment to get distracted. In 2021, I had an interesting year. Right after my 40th birthday in August, September rolls around. I was getting in good shape and my life felt really good. I'm like, man, let me tell you something. 40's the new 30. Like, I'm killing it. I don't care what none of y'all say. I had all the energy in life. I was working now. I was doing my thing. And I didn't tell people this, but... Two weeks after my, my 40th birthday, I was in the gym working out like I always do. Um, my brother has like every piece of gym equipment known to man. So I go to his house and I work out and it's really fun, yada, yada, yada. But I'm not going to lie. You ever had them gym mornings where you like wake up and you really don't feel like working out at all? <laughs> every morning. I had one of those mornings. 
And when I had them, I was like, I was like tired. Like I was just there and I was just kind of going through the motions. I'm like working out with my eyes half closed. I'm like just trying to get it in. And I was doing, I was doing some ab crunches on this machine where you hold the handle to the machine, there's a cord, and then there's weights. And you have to lock the weights into place so that um, you have a certain amount of tension when you pull down the cord. So I, I put the weight on, I grab the handle, I get on my knees and I begin to do crunches like this. I'm doing these, I'm doing these crunches, but because I wasn't fully focused on what I was doing, because I, had, I was momentarily distracted, when I pulled down on the weight, the weight was not locked into place. So the weight snapped off, and when I pulled the cord down with all my might, my elbows, both of them simultaneously rammed into the ground. When this happened, it looked like a scene from a horror movie. Both of my elbows were bloody. The floor had just literally made my elbows like explode open. And I was in the room, I was like, ah! Now my brother who was not working out on time, he was sitting on the couch. I'm thinking if I scream loud enough, he gonna come to my aid. I was like, ah! And I realized nobody was coming. I was like, ah! I'm like, yo, no one, like, help is not coming. Help is not on the way. So I pick myself up and walk myself out. I was like, man, you ain't hear me screaming? He's like, nah, man, I was watching this joint on, on TV. It was, he's like, well, like, I, my brother get on my nerves. You're my older brother. Hello, I'm like, I, I'm walking, I'm like, blood like coming out of my elbow. I'm like, ah. He's like, man, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm dying. This man gonna give me a Tylenol and like, walk it off. I was like, what? That's 21 years of military right there. He's like, ah, oh, it's just a flesh wound. I'm like, what? <sighs> Needless to say, in the coming days, my elbows began to swell up like golf balls. I was like, if like during that time, go back and look at the videos. I was wearing long sleeves. I don't want, want people to see. My elbows are fine now, but I, I was walking around like literally like golf balls and I couldn't work out. Like, I mean, anything, like if, if the wind blew my elbow too hard, just ner like the nerve, it was just so bad. I was walking around like that for like half of the year and nobody knew because I wasn't going to complain about it. And the doctor told me, like this one, you know, you're getting older when, when, when like the things that's wrong with you sound old. Doctor was like, son, you got brositis. I'm like, why? Like, what is this? Is it terminal? <laughs> like, don't brositis just sound like something? Okay, all right, let me stop. So you got brositis. I'm like, I'm too young for brositis, whatever that is. He's like, there's tissue in your elbows and fluid building up to protect them because you damaged them so badly. So ultimately, he's like, there's nothing we could do. It just takes time. Can I tell you I could do this right now? Look, look, look. I actually prayed for healing during that 21 days of prayer. And one day I like accidentally bumped my elbow and I was like, I'm healed. How many of you know that God answers prayer, amen? I tell you that story because the truth of the matter is I literally hurt myself because I was distracted. I hurt myself because I was distracted. The truth is, it's easy to get hurt when you're distracted. I want somebody to hear that. You gotta be careful of momentary distractions because distractions will derail your destiny. It only takes a moment. But pastor, I love him or her. They don't even come to church. Distraction. Nobody else will tell you, so I'll tell you in love. But pastor, the money is so good. Man, I haven't seen you come to church or serve in months. I hope the money is really good enough to help your salvation distraction. Church is cool, but 
I'm seeking God on my, on my own, me and him. You know, we kind of tired of the group thing, so it's just me and him right now. I'm just, I'm just going to leave the church for a second. I might come back for a season, but I'm, it's just going to be me and God right now because it's a spiritual thing. Distraction. Jesus didn't die for you to come, come and be by yourself. Jesus didn't die for a single person. He died for his church. God, I promise this will be the last time and then I'm done. The last drink, the last hit, the last time I have sex out of marriage, I promise you this is going to be the last time and I'm done. Distraction. Momentary distractions. The truth is the devil deals in distractions. I don't give him any power. I don't give him any credit because he has no power over my life. But you know what he is? He is a master of distraction. He would love to distract you, to derail you from your destiny with God. Say, so how do you know this? First Peter 5, 8 tells us, be alert and of sober mind. What is that telling you? Let me translate that to 2022. Don't get distracted because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. He's looking for somebody that gets caught slipping for a moment so that he can hurt you. He's looking for somebody to get distracted for a moment so that he can steal from you. He's looking for somebody to get distracted for a moment so he can kill you. The devil deals in distraction. Be careful of those momentary distractions. That one last goodbye. I wish they did, sis. That one, let me, let me, I promise you, God, let me just say goodbye to him and it's over. Don't get, don't say goodbye. Delete him out the phone. Just walk away. You know when you say goodbye, he's going to sweet talk you and you're going to stay there. Walk away. That one last kiss. Some of y'all stuck, got stuck in some stuff because of that one last kiss. God, it was, it was only supposed to be Netflix and chill. I wasn't ready. Run. And don't look back. Run far away, Simba, and never return. Run. That one last handshake. Don't do it. You're going to get binded into a deal you weren't supposed to make. How many outs does God have to give you for you to leave? Get away. One last goodbye, one last kiss, one last hug, one last handshake can persuade you to stay in something that God has already called you out of. <laughs> Commitment protects you from distraction, but it also, commitment helps you stay the course. Luke 9, 61 through 62. Still another man said, I will follow you, but Lord, first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus' response to the distraction of this man for him wanting to quickly go say goodbye to his family is an illustration of a plowman. Why would Jesus do that? Agriculture was the language of the day because it would have been a common profession of that day, farming. So because Jesus is a master communicator, he speaks to people where they are. He wants to be relatable. So he instantly says something about the plowman because he knows that everybody that is surrounding him that is listening to this is fully going to understand what he's talking about. And he speaks about the plowman. And the interesting thing about the plowman is the plowman has to plow in a direction. When the plowman plows, he has a piece of machinery that literally digs trenches in the ground. 
in order for him to plant seed so that he can have a field to harvest from. But this plow is connected to an animal, usually an oxen or even a donkey. And as this plow is connected to this oxen or donkey, the person at the helm that is deciding what direction the animal will walk in is the person that is standing behind the plow. What dictates the direction though is wherever the plowman decided to look, that's where the plow would go. So what the plowman would do, he would fix his eye on something far in the distance. Usually it would be like a tree. He would look at a tree in the distance and he would continue to walk towards that tree. But if the plowman decided to turn his vision, he would in turn turn his body and the animal would turn and the line that was supposed to be straight would be out of alignment because he shifted his vision from what he was focused on. So the plowman, he had to stay connected and committed to his field of vision in order for the lines to be plowed straight. So many of us miss the mark because we're not committed to our focus, who is Jesus. We find other things that are interesting enough to look at along the way. We commit to professions that we're not even called to just because the money is good. You're taking your eyes off and you're messing up the line you're trying to plow. We commit to false teachings because it aligns with a lifestyle we are comfortable with, not one that we are called to commit to. Like people take pieces of the Bible that sound good to them and they disregard the parts that actually hold them accountable. The Bible says people like this, they will be attracted by things like this. My mom always says this because they have itchy ears. They'll take away, oh, ooh, I like that, that sounds good, I'm over here with that. And then the day that pastor says something you don't like, oh, no, I'm leaving them. Let me, I, the Lord has led me from here. No, he didn't. You led yourself from there because you want your will, not God's will. You have taken your eyes. We commit to relationships with toxic people because they make us feel good. Jesus is like, hey, I'm up here. Look, keep your eyes on me. Focus on me. And here you go. But she looks so good. Let me just look for him up. Ooh, no. Fellas, bounce your eyes. Be like, ooh, Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> don't, be, don't be walking in the mall and get stuck like this. You might run into something you wasn't trying to run into. You see, oh, Lord Jesus, let me keep my eyes on you. <laughs> we commit to things like unforgiveness because we're so focused on our pride. It's hard for you to keep your eyes on Jesus when you choose to look at other things for a moment. It only takes a moment. You see, anything that you commit to that draws your attention away from Jesus, even for a moment, will, I want you to hear the weight of this statement, will disqualify you from service in the kingdom of God. Even if it's just for a little bit, Lord, oh Lord, just for a little bit. I'm not making it up. Jesus said, whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back, and looks back, it's not fit for service in the kingdom of God. He says, don't start something you ain't gonna finish. It only takes a moment. I don't want my vision to disqualify me. Keep your eyes on Jesus. As the band comes back up, I'll never forget, as a young man, um, I've, been a, I've been a visual artist my entire life. I've been drawing since the age of three. And I've gone to different schools and, 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 and really excelled in my craft and really immersed myself in it because I, I, love, I love bringing visuals to life. I love creating things with my hands, I love painting. And very early on, one of the first art teachers that I had, I'll never forget it, he used to give us these drawing assignments called blind contours. 
blind contour, and I used to hate them. Let me tell you what a blind contour is. They will put maybe a person in front of you or a piece of fruit or, you know, a still life, just something for you to look at. And your paper will be in front of you and you had your pencil. And to do a blind contour, you are not allowed to look at the paper. You have to just look at the thing that you're drawing. And I used to get frustrated as a kid. I'm like, this is stupid. This is, Im I'm like, this is impossible. How am I going to draw if I can't look at what I'm drawing? Like, I want to draw it, but you're telling me to look at the thing. I need to look at the paper. I'm trying to look at the paper. You want me to look at the thing. He said, how are you going to draw the thing if you don't look at the thing? He, saw, he told me something that, that, that has changed the way I think about visual arts, but it's such a, a, a deeper truth. He said that drawing is 10% of what you put on the paper and 90% of what you see. He says it is impossible to draw anything lifelike if you cannot fully be focused on that thing. Because artists, visual artists specifically, have a very special gift and it goes far beyond hand-eye coordination. And I'm going to tell you why. When I got so frustrated trying to do these blind contours, I'm like, man, this looked like I'm drawing a bowl of spaghetti. And I was trying to draw Joanne. This looks terrible. He said, Terrence, I was a young man at the time. He said, let me ask you something. I said, I said yes, sir. He said, do you like to play video games? I said, yeah, of course I do. What kid doesn't like to play video games? It's like asking a fat kid if you like cake. Of course they do. I was a fat kid, so I can make that joke. I was husky, as my mother would say. <laughs> he says, you like playing video? I said, yeah. He said, when you play, how often do you look at the remote control? I says, I don't. I don't. Because, he says, you know why? Because your eyes and your hands are in sync. Visual artists have a beautiful gift because their hands and their eyes are so in sync that if my eyes, Pastor Tommy, look at the side of the profile of your face, then at the same time, I can train my hand to do exactly what my eye is doing. Let me tell you something. I wasn't good at blind contours that day, but I'll never forget that advice. I became really good at it. And my bowl of spaghetti started looking like somebody's face. It started looking like the thing I was looking at. I trained my eyes to be so focused on what I was looking at that my hand had to follow the actions of my eyes. What am I trying to let somebody understand today? So many of us are distracted, but God is trying to get your hand to follow the action of your eyes. You still don't get it. Let me say it in a way that you might understand. Jesus is trying to get our eyes fixed and focused forward because he wants your flesh to follow your vision. He's trying to get our flesh to follow our vision. When Jesus is telling us not to look back, he knows that your flesh at any moment is willing to follow whatever your eyes see. And if you want to be committed to kingdom service, you can only be committed to looking at one thing and one thing only. And his name is Jesus. Because if you commit to keeping your eyes in his direction, I promise you your flesh will follow. The Bible I read tells me in Hebrews 2 to 12 to get this. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The author and the perfecter of our faith. Some translations say the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross disregarding its shame, 
Now he is seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. But I don't want to just focus on the first part of that verse. I love the second part. He says, he says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endures the cross. Jesus asked us to commit to him, but not, not before he models what commitment looks like. The plowman in the distance has to keep his eyes on the tree. And I love what Luke 9:51. we started with it says, as the time approached for him to be taken up, as the time approached for Jesus to die, he resolutely set out towards Jerusalem. What was Jesus focused on in the distance that would carry him to a cross to suffer a horrendous death? If the plowman has to focus on the tree in the distance, what was Jesus focused on in the distance? Say what, pastor? He was focused on the tree too. How could Jesus resolutely set out towards Jerusalem? Because he was focused on the tree. You say, what tree are you talking about? The Bible says cursed is anyone who hangs from a tree. Guess who else hanged from a tree? His name was Jesus. Why was he cursed? Because the sin of the entire world came upon him. Why? Because he was so focused on that tree. Why was Jesus focused on the tree? Why was Jesus all into this tree? Because when he looked at that tree, he didn't see himself there. He saw you there. said, I see my brother there and that's not where he's supposed to be. I see Terrence on that tree and that is not where he's supposed to be. I see Joanne on that tree, that's not where she's supposed to be. I see Leo on that tree, that's not where he's supposed to be. I see Brenda on that tree. That tree is not for her. That tree is for me. I will fix my eyes on the cross of Calvary. No matter how much it hurts, no matter how much pain, no matter the nails in my hands and feet, no matter the crown of thorns, no matter the lashes on my back, I'm gonna focus on that tree till the end. You see, I could be all into Jesus because Jesus was all into me, all into me living a life more abundantly not seeing a death on a cross that I deserve, but living life and living life in Christ. I don't know about you, but as long as I live, I'm all in till the end. I'm going to follow Jesus till the end. I'm going to serve the Lord till the end. I'm going to pursue the truth of God's word till the end. I'm going to bring my tithe to the storehouse till the end. I'm going to be generous till the end. I'm going to look out for the have-nots and disenfranchised till the end. I'm going to preach the good news till the end. I'm going to take care of my family till the end. I'm going to bless the community till the end. I'm going to love God's people till the end. I'm going to commit my life to build God's house, to build the kingdom of heaven till the end. If you believe it, raise your hands, open your mouth, and give him praise in this place today. your life to Jesus till the end
because the truth is the gospel was never meant to fit your lifestyle your lifestyle was meant to fit the gospel you got to commit till the end not just today because it's Sunday but when the earthquakes of life come when the ground gets shaky will you commit to building God's house will you commit to preaching the gospel when it doesn't make sense when you're the only one in your family and they think you're crazy will you commit when people turn on you will you commit when cancel culture comes after you Will you commit to make Jesus famous in spite of the fact that it might make you infamous? Will you commit with every head bowed, every eye closed? I don't know who I'm talking to today, but listen, some of y'all need to stop dating Jesus and you need to commit. Don't just commit when it feel good. I love my wife and you know what she doesn't worry about? if I'm committed to her till the end. When I said till death do us part, I meant it. But some of us treat Jesus like a friend when the truth is we are the bride of Christ. He is the bridegroom. Jesus is looking at some of us today. He says, hey, do you take me till death do us part? I, and here's the truth. He's not even asking you to die for him. He's asking you to live for him because he already died for you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, hearing online, if you're saying, I want to 100%, it's not a 80%, 95%, I want to 100%, once and for all, commit my entire life to Jesus. This ain't a call for the faint of heart. I'm not asking you if you need a physical healing. I'm not asking you if, 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 if you need a bill paid. I'm not asking you for that. I'm asking who wants to 100% commit your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never done it before. Maybe you have, but you ain't been giving it 100%. You've been giving it 50%, 75%. Hey, today is the day to come home once and for all. Today is the day you say, I'm gonna commit till the end. On the count of three, if that's you, don't worry about what somebody else doing. Their commitment is not your commitment. Your mama's commitment to Jesus does not count for you. Your father's commitment to Jesus does not count for you. Your brother, your sister, your praying grandmama's commitment to Jesus does not count for you. Are you all in today? Will you commit 100% to Jesus on the count of three? Here we go. Don't worry about your neighbor. They can't take your place in heaven. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise your hand up high enough and long enough for me to see it. Hold it up. Don't be scared. Be bold. I see you and 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 you. Yeah, I said all those yous so you know that you are not alone. If your hand's up, you already did the hard part. Step out from where you are. Come to this altar right now and say I'm all in. Come on. Come on. Come right now. Come. 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 Yeah, I see you. Clap for him while they come. Come on. It's the greatest day of your life. Because you ain't suffering from commitment issues. Come. Don't hold back. Once and for all. y'all can hear what heaven is doing right now just the beginning if you out there you say pastor i want to make that commitment but i'm scared hey we family you ain't got to be scared at one point in my life i did this i had to do this because i knew it was no turning back i knew i wanted to be fit for service in the kingdom of heaven so i didn't want to look back. i got tired of looking back i just want to look forward with jesus so if you're out there you say i wanted to make that commitment but man i'm scared Look at your neighbor right now and say, hey, if you're scared, I'll go with you. I just want to make sure. And if they say, yeah, just grab them by the hand and walk down with them. No shame. You see folks already made their decision. No shame.
I just want to make sure. I want to make sure. I'm going to give you five, four. Ah, see, I knew it. Three. Uh-huh. Two. Yeah. Y'all give it up. Yeah, man. I love that. I love it. It's never too late to fully commit. I love it. Reach your hands towards them. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, is raised from the dead, you're saved. You're fully committed. And then you got a big old family here that'll hold you accountable and help you, man. We ain't here to point fingers at you. If I point fingers at you, then everybody need to start pointing them at me because I am not perfect. How many of y'all can say amen to that? I am not perfect. That's why I'll be the first one down here on my knees. I'm not perfect. But I'm being perfected, being perfected in Jesus. Because I'm full, I got my eyes on him. Everybody down here, look at me. Maybe you want to raise your hands up. Just saying, I surrender, man. I'm committed. I surrender. Everybody here and online, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I, re I, I, I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me and to your wonderful family. Today, today, I give my life completely to you. I'm committed. I'm committed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Now check this out. See that, that sign that says, welcome to the family? That's you. You got brothers, sisters, aunties, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, in faith, all standing behind you. If I could open up the ceiling and show you, there's a party in heaven and it's nuts. The angels dancing, they singing for you. I can't show it to you. I can help you hear what, what it sounds like. So on the count of three, they gonna clap for you louder than anybody's ever cheered. I know you're an amazing point guard, but ain't nobody ever clapped for you in a game like this. I promise you. Watch this. Look, give me this. When you go out, I'm going to ask you to follow my dear sis over there. We're going to give you one of these. There's a Bible in here. There's a bunch of cool stuff, a letter from me and Joe, a bunch of cool stuff just for you. It's a gift. And if you got questions about anything that happened here at this altar, people are there to answer your questions and pray for you. Is that cool? So on the count of three, y'all going to walk that way, and y'all better scream like you know how to scream. Amen? Here we go. One, two, three. Let them know that God loves them. Let them know. Let them know that they are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let them know that they won't look back. They just moving forward in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's give God praise. Watch the bill. so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.